It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 421 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live here in an undisclosed location uh, deep into Texas. I am here on my uh, day job assignment, so uh, my apologies if anything is out of the ordinary with, with the audio, but hopefully it sounds relatively normal here in my palatial estate that I'm staying in. I'm kidding about that. But alas, uh, here we are with another podcast. I teased over the weekend that I would have a reaction to the Alex Len signing coming up, and that's what this podcast will largely be. There are other, other, other topics to hit on on the podcast, but for the most part, it is a reaction to the Alex Len edition. Uh, for those of you who missed that, over the weekend, the Hawks reportedly agreed to a two-year, $8.5 million contract with Lynn that uh, Mike Scott of the Athletic Notes will be fully guaranteed. The structure of that deal is not necessarily known at this point in time, although all indications are that the Hawks will be using the room exception on Lynn because that's the only mechanism they have currently, at least, to uh, sign a player of this caliber to this kind of contract. Um, for those of you also wondering why it was not a longer, uh, longer contract, because Lynn is still pretty young, a 25-year-old uh, center out of Maryland. The Hawks were not able to give him a multi-year deal beyond the two years, I should say. Not, not able to give him more than two years based on the room exception. So that's sort of the, the limiting factor there. And uh, a pretty good deal, though. All things considered, we'll talk about more about what, what, what the reasoning is for the Hawks to go out and do that. But at the same time, he's the newest member of the Hawks, uh, although the deal has not been announced just yet. Uh, Len is a, number f- a former number five overall pick coming out of Maryland. He spent uh, his entire career to this point with the Phoenix Suns, although the Suns uh, seemingly de- de- decided early on in this process with, with free agency to move on from both Len and Alfred Payton and basically renounced those guys. They had a qualifying offer situation where they could have offered him that and made him a, a restricted free agent, but uh, that was not something they were able to do. And uh, you know, sort of the Hawks' benefit as a result of that is a pretty cheap contract for a player of Len's stature and his talent. 
He's a very, very good rebounder on both ends of the floor. It's probably his best skill, I would say, at this point in time. That and rim protection. He's, a, he's an exceptional rim protector. The uh, numbers against him in terms of guys trying to finish over him in the lane have been pretty de- pretty uh, deterring. So one of those things where Alex Len is very, very good around the rim. Not, not, not an exceptionally uh, skilled offensive player by any means. That's probably his limiting factor in terms of his overall market is the fact that he's not necessarily a guy who could really shoot it from the perimeter, not the most efficient guy around the rim necessarily either. I think he is uh, uh, nothing special to be sure. Not, not a terrible you know, offensive liability or anything like that. I do think he was able to uh, shoot an efficient, an efficient percentage in Phoenix based on shot selection. He's not a guy who's going to be shooting anything, anything that he can't really be doing, which is probably what you want to see from a guy like that. He's only a guy who, who, who shoots the shots that he should be taking, and as a result of that, he's able to maintain some relative efficiency even if if upon those particular shots, he isn't necessarily dominant. So uh, Lem was on the very short list of players that I wanted the Hawks to pursue with the remaining options, being the room exception. Uh, I tweeted that a couple of times to people, and kind of people sort of made note of that. Uh, right, right in advance of the signing, within, within a couple of hours of the Hawks uh, uh, sort of seemingly agreeing to that contract with Len, I had mentioned him as a, as a target along with David Nwaba and others. So I was very pleased by this move, I will say. You know, people people wanted to know uh, fit stuff when it comes to Len. He is a pure center, to be sure. Um, with that said, because of the, of the versatility of guys like John Collins and Mari even Dwayne Debbin to it to a certain uh, extent, uh, Lens the addition uh, the addition of Lens is probably something that I would certainly endorse. He was the best big available to the Hawks at a reasonable price, I should say. Obviously, Click, Click Capella is like, it's not going to be available to the Hawks at this point in time, although he's still technically on the market. And Montrez Harrell, um, who was another option the Hawks could have at least theoretically pursued ended up staying in with the Clippers. So with that said, I think Len is probably the best, again, best option that, could, that they could have gotten there. And I talked about this in the podcast before uh, the weekend about how the Hawks would be ser- almost certainly adding another big man to the mix. And it looks like Len's going to be that guy. I would expect that Dwayne Dedman and John Collins will still start alongside each other in the front court. And uh, that would allow Lynn and Amari Spellman and Mace, and sorry Miles Plumley to compete for playing time behind them. I think Spellman eventually would be a guy who the Hawks want to see some of this year. But at the same time, the number thirty overall pick doesn't usually play a whole lot uh, early on. This is definitely a rebuilding team. I will say uh, Alex Lynn is a much better basketball player right now than Amari Spellman is. Um, he's not quite as good as Dwayne Dedman though. So it's a situation where he's definitely the third best big man on this roster. He's better than Miles Plumley is at this point in time, and of course also is a uh, you know young and someone who the Hawks could. Uh, theoretically grow with in the future. So I think Lim will have a, a, a pretty prominent role, probably take the minutes that, my, 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 that, we, that we're probably going to go to Mike Muscala uh, before the uh, trade that sent him to Philadelphia. And I do think Alex Lim has the potential to be better than Muscala. I would argue that Muscala was probably a little bit better last year. At the same time, though, Len's upside is more considerable. He is more flatly talented than Muscala. I think Muscala's jump shooting probably plays better on a team that's more established, whereas Len... Is a better a better physical specimen and just has more upside given his pedigree, all that fun stuff. So I do think um, not, not necessarily a huge upgrade between those two guys, but given the price tag on land, this is sort of a no-brainer signing. In my opinion, he's probably worth a little bit more than this, and he's still very, very young at the age of 25. So uh, all things considered, this is a move that I would certainly endorse for the Hawks, and uh, we'll see what he looks like in this new system. I do think he's a player that could be unlocked outside of Phoenix, where he was sort of limited, and Phoenix has not been the greatest place in the world the last few years. So with, a, with, with what I assume to be a better coaching staff in place with Lloyd Pierce, all that fun stuff, we will definitely see what the best of Alex Lynn could be, and I think as a third big, the Hawks could have done much, much worse than this signing. So, uh, full endorsement from me, and uh, before we get to the rest of the podcast, I do want to take a moment to, to tell you guys to subscribe to the pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, 
uh, TuneIn Radio, also Player.fm, all, all these different places you can listen to podcasts. Also on Spotify, as well as each and every episode will be hosted on PeachtreeHoops.com if you want to go out and find that um, sort of listening guide aspect on Peachtree Hoops where I'm the editor-in-chief, lead writer, all that fun stuff, and uh, plenty of places to find the podcast. So I, I, I would definitely appreciate everybody that's already done that. Please leave five-star feedback if you like the podcast, or if you don't like the podcast, please let me know why or how I can improve it. Uh, at BT Roll on Twitter, at, at Locked on Hawks on Twitter, as well as Locked on Hawks Locked on Hawks at gmail.com is the uh, email address for the podcast itself. Uh, after this quick break, we'll talk. We'll come back to talk about a couple, a couple, a couple more things before we get out of here on this fine Monday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we're back to talk about um, Antonius Cleveland, who's the uh, who's the other uh, bit bit of actual news the Hawks had over the weekend. This is an absolute no brainer for the Hawks, and the fact that they had to do this. We talked about this on the on the most recent podcast with Jeff Siegel, the trade reaction to um, that. I definitely would would definitely recommend to, uh, you go back and listen to that podcast. We talk about about, about an hour's worth of podcasting when it comes to the. Uh, the Dennis Schroeder trade and all, all the fallout of that and the addition of Carmelo Anthony and, and then the buyout stuff of Carmelo Anthony and Justin Anderson and everything you wanted to see from that podcast, please go out and check it out. Uh, it's, very, it's very, very long, but I definitely encourage everybody to check, check out that. But on that podcast, we talked about the fact that Antonius Cleveland would have to be waived in order to make that money work. Uh, under the salary cap rules, the Hawks had to have more space than they actually had at the time, so Cleveland was the natural casualty. You may remember that last week, the Hawks moved on from Jalen Morris. They had the exact same contract, essentially, the league, league minimum, but on uh, on a non-guaranteed basis. So no penalty there to move on from Cleveland. I do think Cleveland's upside as a player is higher than Morris, but uh, Chris Vivamore of the AJC, who's very, very plugged in with the Hawks, uh, mentioned the fact that he uh, that uh, at least his sources were telling him the Hawks uh, were not really seriously considering Cleveland for, for, the, for a roster spot on the final roster here in the murder season. I would be uh, intrigued by Cleveland as a potential training camp invite, but maybe the Hawks just decided to move on from him. Even with Alex Lynn on the roster, the Hawks still have another spot or two they can fill on the team. And uh, for me, I'd be trying to get Cleveland back for training camp and, and potential to uh, see something there. But maybe the Hawks are just a little bit lower on him than I am. This is not a huge loss. And again, they had to do this. They had to clear the cap space. So no surprise there. But a situation where I would be trying to get Cleveland come back for training camp if I was the Hawks at a, a, at a cheap figure. And you know, worst comes to worst, you can sign him to a non-guaranteed contract again and see what happens. But uh, I think he has a chance to be an NBA player somewhere. It may, may not be in Atlanta. Uh, he's a little bit older. He's only he's already 24 years old, so that's I guess some some sort of downside there when it comes to Cleveland. But I, it doesn't have some NBA ready traits. His shooting is interesting, at least, and he's a very very good athlete. So somebody to keep an eye on in the future, even if it's not going to be in Atlanta. Uh, last thing on the pod today that I want to hit on is that uh, Sportsline over at CBS uh, came out with a very, very optimistic projection. I wrote, I wrote about this a little bit over the weekend, actually, and got a lot of responses. But in short, they really this it's basically a statistical model. Uh, it was written up by Jack Maloney of CBS Sports, but this is a uh, it's actually developed by a guy named Stephen O. And Sportsline is a uh, basically a handicap based 
um, one of those, uh, I guess, primarily, primarily used in sports betting kind of thing, but it's a very, very interesting um, statistical projection that comes out every once in a while. And as of July 20th, when this, came, this, was, this was pre-Alex Len signing, the Hawks were projected to win 35.4 games for next season. That seems very, very high because it actually is. Uh, everyone that saw this uh, had the same reaction, uh, sort of in unison, like, wow, that's really high for the Hawks. And uh, I definitely agree with that, including uh, actually in the write-up on CBS Sports, who owns Sportsline, uh, it, 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 it described the Hawks number as, um, I believe, the yes, sorry, it was, a, a quote, absurdly high for a team um, like the Hawks. Uh, I definitely would definitely agree with that. It's one of those things where 35 wins is maybe a potential outcome if everything went right, but as a baseline, that seems absolutely crazy to me. Um, I will say, I think the uh, some of that probably is the subtraction of Schroeder based on his performance from last year. I think he's probably viewed as a negative player, um, and that would definitely hurt them to a certain extent. Um, you know, it's one of those things where maybe that's some of that. Also, it could love John Collins. We talked about this last week, but 538s for Carmelo projections really, really like John Collins as a player. So maybe Sportsline sort of following in that mold. But an eight-win jump between the end of last season and the beginning of this season, uh, pre-free agency, pre-draft, the Hawks were, were projected to have 27 wins, and now it's up to 35 wins. So maybe that's Trey Young as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but the Hawks finish uh, in this projection ninth in the Eastern Conference. Ahead of these teams in order, the Nets were tenth. The Knicks were uh, sorry. The Nets, yeah, the Nets were tenth. The Knicks were eleventh. Hornets twelfth. Magic thirteenth. Cavs fourteenth. And Bulls fifteenth. I would certainly say the Cavs at this moment are better than the Hawks with Kevin Love. I think the Hornets are better than the Hawks as well, and probably the Nets um, in their current form. Although that was a little bit closer, I can see the Hawks being better than the Nets. I can see the Hawks being better than the Knicks for sure because of Chris Porzingis' absence. Uh, the Magic are kind of a mess, and the Bulls are. The Bulls, they're uh, defensively, they have they have a lot of talent, but defensively they're going to be a mess. So I think it's not crazy to think the Hawks could finish like 11th or 12th in the Eastern Conference this year. With that said, uh, finishing 9th would be a pretty high outcome for Atlanta, in my opinion, based on the current roster, especially when you factor in the fact that I think Dwayne Devin might be traded in midseason. Kent Bazemore could be dealt midseason. A situation where the Hawks have a lot of young talent, I will say that to be sure, but... 35 wins to baseline seems very, very high. I'd be, I'd be very interested to see what the reaction is to that. If you've not already seen that on FutureHoops.com and want to talk about that with me, please tweet that at me, at BT Roland or at LockedOnHawks to discuss it. But you know, 35.4 wins, not absolutely impossible by any means, uh, but I will say that seems very, very high uh, based on the available information that we have at this moment. Um, with that said, it's probably going to do it for, the, for a shortened version of the podcast. I will say, again, the Alex Len signing will be something that we'll talk about more in the future as we get into some more big picture stuff. I think the Hawks roster is uh, almost almost finished at this point in time. They're going to sign somebody else. I'd imagine they also have an, a looming two-way spot that's still open alongside Jalen Adams. So in the future, we could see another roster move or two. But for the most part, the big stuff is probably now the rear mirror, allowing us to, t- to spend the rest of the summer probably talking about some big picture stuff, some projection stuff, all that fun stuff. So uh, please subscribe to the podcast. I also, I also want to recommend a lot of written content on Peachtree Hoops this uh, last this last couple of days. Um, good friend of the program uh, at, at ATL Hawks Fanatic wrote about the Carmelo Anthony buyout and all the specifics. Some very, very nerdy stuff there that I always enjoy. So check that out if you want to learn more about what the buyout could look like. Carmelo Anthony, uh, Jeff Siegel, good friend of the program, wrote about Alex Lynn and his impact. Glenn Willis wrote about John Collins and Summer League. It's going to go up on Monday morning. Um, uh, Sam Meredith wrote about the future of uh, the future without Dennis Sugar. Zach Hood wrote about Justin Anderson. A lot of a lot of good content on the, on the Hawks in the last couple of days on PeachTroops.com, where I of course am the editor in chief. So uh, 
check that out as well. Again, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks, for, thanks as always for listening to the show, and we'll see you guys later on in the week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.